Thrones on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming, episode 50. I'm Chase. I'm Josh. Man, all right, so we, we are on 50th episodes. It's kind of crazy, and maybe we can, we can cycle back around to that. But, uh, Josh, I have a serious concern. Oh. Once again, I have not been doing a good job taking care of the, uh, the rookery here. <laughs> I think there's some imminent news pending. I think October 18th is the big, big day. So let's, uh, let's go check and see what we've got as far as right. upcoming news. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, ah, all right. So, it's getting kind of crowded in here, but I guess let's talk about these three. So, we have the the Bolton Blackguard, the Night's Watch Stone Thrower, and the Free Folk Then all coming out on October 18th, which is just around the corner. Some of these are uh, are units that we've been waiting for for a long time. I mean, the Bolton Blackguard that was teased <laughs> in the Kickstarter. So, yeah. Yeah, it's That's been over here plus. <laughs> so somewhere those neutral players, Mike from Off the Wall Gaming and and uh, all those other neutral players that they've been waiting for an additional unit that wasn't in the Kickstarter. Yeah. Rejoice, the time has come. Finally. And it sounds like we're going to have a lot more uh, information coming in the near future of additional mercenary units. But let's jump in with the the Bolton Blackguard here. So, um this actually is a unit that has amazing sculpts. I'm really looking forward to just getting my hands on a copy of these just to like paint up and own. They look sweet. Uh, I mean, I think most of the Bolton units look pretty good. Dude, these guys are particular though. I mean, the, the armor with like the spiky shields, they just look rad. And it's a six point unit. And so this unit has a movement speed of four. So it's not, you know, incredibly fast. It's got a, sp a spiked flail, so it hits on a four plus, on a seven, five, and then a three. And then their armor value is a three plus to hit with morale of six plus. And their that's special very ability. Good for that's, a, that's very good, yeah. And so these guys are kind of tanky then, right? With three plus armor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these guys are the guys that actually can hold a point for the bull. Like if you're playing pure mercenaries, like this is what they're for. And then they got their horrific visage ability. Each time an enemy targets this unit with a melee attack, that enemy suffers a panic test before resolving the attack. So there's like some added defensive capabilities in there in that uh, you don't want to hit them. I mean, theoretically, you know, you could line it up so that they're going to take some damage and maybe knock their attack profile down before they get to hit you. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. And it's, you know, it's each time an enemy targets this unit. So, you know, if you're surrounded by free folk and you're getting wailed on, you know, at least you're doing some sort of, you know, um, just static damage every turn. Oh, this is the kind of stuff that would be giving me nightmares as a free folk player. <laughs> um, you, can, yeah. you can take, you know, up to eight additional wounds for just trying to hit these guys. That's never a good day. Right. I mean, six points is, uh, is, is not, you know, unreasonable for what they do. I mean, these guys are kind of like in that same wheelhouse as... Uh, you know, the Tully uh, Sworn Shields and that sort of thing. It's like the heavily armored kind of point-holding units who aren't very fast, don't have amazing, you know, combat potential, but uh, are just really good at, like, kind of holding ground. And despite, if you saw, if you guys, listeners, if you saw the cool trailer that they released for this unit, at the very end, it was like, field these in any army, and it had, like, a Night's Watch box, the starter set uh, for Lannisters versus Starks, and then it had a Free Folk box. Oh, you can't you no. can't actually take them in the free folk. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great generic like anchor unit for every faction except the free folk. We're not yeah. bitter, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you guys just have to deal with having all of the best NCUs and attachments in the yes, game. Yes, so and it's I only guess getting better. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're all like 0. 0.5 points. 
Yeah, but we, gotta, we don't on? have cool bunker units like this to put them in. We get like this awesome attachment and it's like, yeah. it was a windy day and the unit died and the, and the attachment <laughs> went with it. Yeah, but then you just got like 30 yeah. behind it, so you're fine. But I think for the Bolton Blackguard, I think this is a great unit to put in with your your neutral forces. Um, does this, you know, completely change the entire way you're playing your Bolton forces? Like, probably not. Um, this is kind of a low out damage output unit. Um, but I think with the, with the way objectives are going from the command games, I think that it's not a bad option for its point value for holding points and, right. and uh, being something that's going to be able to sit there and, you know, reasonably fend off most regular attacks. I think this is something they really needed uh, to add into their army. Because right now they're just kind of, the, the only real unit they had that could hold a point was the um, uh, Flayed Men. Right. And that's just such an expensive unit to just like, okay, I'm going to throw this 10 point unit and just have it sit on a point. That's not really getting as much out of them as you need. Right. Uh, and with the contesting so, rules, the flayed men were honestly easy to negate. Yeah, um, exactly. So, I mean, at least these guys, when they're being attacked, if they're being outnumbered, they're being contested each time they're being attacked, they're possibly whittling down their opponent's ranks and, uh, you know, makes it so they're not being contested. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a big deal. So I, I think it's, uh, it's it'll be cool that they have that option now. Kind of a little bit of a you know sturdier army. Basically, this unit just doesn't want to come up against the Warrior Sun, even though that is an eight-point unit and this is a six-point <laughs> unit. Um, you know, with, a, with their battle prayer for the Warrior Suns, every time they pass morale test, it gains a faith token. You don't want to just be, like, dumping tokens on them. Um, yeah, that's yeah. probably, like, the Lannister's, like, dream scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of using your, your static ability against you. That'd be kind of cool. And this comes with actually a one-point attachment, which is also pretty good. Um, and it just started to make me think like, man, the Bolton Flare with its prey on fear ability, each time an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, this unit may restore up to two wounds. For one point, like that's pretty good. Yeah. And it fits There's in. There's a lot of units I might want to put with, that in. Right. Well, I mean, and of course, oh, yeah. like a black art is it, like, I mean, they're like peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's, that's a perfect fit for that for that unit. I mean, uh, again, you're you're really then at that point fully committing to, you know, sitting on a point and never dying but then uh you know that's but it might just happen <laughs> this way yeah like yeah just kind of hang in there you gotta just watch out for things that are gonna have like a major alpha strike on you but right. with three plus armor like you can it's, take a lot of hits yeah and six plus morale is also pretty good so i think they you know they're not they're not very vulnerable to you know most attacks and especially with that in there you know kind of passively giving them wounds back i think could make them a pretty tanky unit for sure now, the one thing I wonder, is this like something that's going to show up in other units and other factions as well? I mean, really, uh, any faction, I think, could fit a unit like this in, especially any faction that has a unit that has Vicious or even like Lannister Supremacy. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could see, um, you know, Lannisters for sure. I mean, Mountain's Men is probably a good one. Uh, right, Mountain Men. I mean, they got a four-plus armor there. I mean, I think a lot of times they get a reputation for being sort of glass cannony, but like, they're they're relatively resilient. Yeah. Well, and then this kind of gives them so that they have that four plus armor. It's a little bit worse than the black guard. You know, this kind of gives them ability to kind of get some of those wounds back. You know, keep right. the attack profile high. So I don't know. We might see a lot of uh, Bolton flare flare uh, Bolton flares on the field in other factions as well. Makes Dude, me how about like, the, you know with some of these new? I was gonna say, how about the pyromancers? I mean, wouldn't that be a good fit for them? Oh, interesting. Yeah. They, don't, they, they have vicious too, right? So, I mean, you're yeah. burning guys alive and then you're flaying the. <laughs> you're flaying the people that you're burning alive. And I mean, that yeah. becomes, you know, you know, there's a guy, you know, I, I don't want to quote 
this guy from on the table gaming, but there's a guy who had a problem with uh, these eight point units, <laughs> the warrior sons, you know, and can they do enough work? Pyramids can do a lot of work. Um, but isn't that's the threat that, yeah, for eight points with the bolt and flare, isn't the threat that this is a unit that's so fragile, like it could be like one shot, you know, taken but out? It'd be fun. I just picture the people that are being burned and then <laughs> when is enough enough? You know what I mean? Just right, right, right. Just, it, insult to injury. We got to keep putting yeah. it in. I'm on I mean, fire okay, so, and I'm also being flayed. What about what about Night's Watch? I wonder if the Bolton Flare could fit in there with some of their troops. Maybe. I mean, do they have do they have anybody that's vicious? They don't have vicious. I mean, I think I guess I'm thinking of the uh, the Night's Watch recruiter, right? So that has oh, force, right. force conscription. Each time an enemy engaged with this unit loses models from an attack or panic test, this unit uh, may restore up to one wound. So, I mean, that's a one point. So that's often attack or panic test. And maybe that's better for Night's Watch because they don't really so. have as much vicious. No. I, but I, I guess maybe if, 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 if you're playing against Free Folk and you knew it was going to be Free Folk, maybe Bolton Flares are better than... They take the pretty much guaranteed two wounds. Although, I mean, with a Night's Watch recruiter, you're probably going to deal one wound on attack, and they'll probably also fail a panic test. It's sort of you're like, right. you know, are you spreading your your eggs into multiple baskets here, right? You're right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you it's know. better, actually, then. I, I just see the Bolton Flare, though, is just like, it, that could be so gross. If you had a unit of Blackguard surrounded by Free Folk, and they're attacking you and failing their panic test, and then just constantly just giving yeah. you wounds like, that could get out of hand pretty quickly. That's going to basically put a unit there that you're just like, if you're a free folk, you're like, I'm not even going to bother. Right. You know, which is, I mean, yeah. that's awesome. So, I mean, how valuable is that? Is that worth seven points? I think probably it is. I think in the right composition for sure. Yeah. Uh, then we also have the Night's Watch. Speaking of Night's Watch, the Night's Watch Stone Thrower. So we were joking before about how this, the, the miniature, the guys are loading up the rocks in the picture somewhat far away from the actual device. Yeah. Uh, but it's shown up. It's here. And this is a beast of a war machine. Uh, it's caused quite a bit of uh, excitement online. All right. So the Builder Stone Thrower has a, a movement speed of one. So it's uh, trucking out there. Uh, it's got a one dice Stone Thrower at a three plus. So the range attack is one dice. Uh, it's got a weapon crew for close combat, three dice at a four plus. So there's no uh, other options there. Uh, it's got a five plus armor save, no morale because it's a war machine. So it's got the typical war machine rules of having six wounds, never takes morale test, cannot charge a retreat, and cannot gain condition tokens. But really, the meat of this thing is the stone thrower. So first things first, Chase. It's got unlimited range. Unlimited. <laughs> Un so wait, what? Yeah, man. Okay. So people, those people that play on like the non-regulation table sizes, like the six by fours or the four by fours, uh, <laughs> perfect. This is gonna be good. No hiding. You're just hitting people on other in other tables uh, yes, on other games. Yeah. Uh, but so it ignores intervening units and terrain, of course. Uh, it can only be used once per round, so that's key because then you can't trigger uh, trigger with the combat space to fire it more than once. Uh, and it also may not target solo enemies or enemies within long range. So if you have uh, wolves, if you have the mountain that rides, uh, you can't target them. Can't target other war machines. And once they get in within long range, you also can't target them. So that's kind of a interesting uh, thing. You kind of shoot them from pretty far away. Man, okay. So this seems like it's going to be really good. And I think this is going to be a unit that's there's going to be like no middle ground on. People are going to either think this is 
way too expensive at 10 points, or they're going to think this is ridiculously overpowered to even be in the game. Well, so do you feel like you're kind of leading one way? Well, what I'd say is the damage profile. So enemies successfully hit by the attack. Do not roll defensive. Instead, you suffer D six wounds plus one wound for each of their remaining ranks. So the bigger your unit is, the more likely they are to get hit by that rock. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of fun. Uh, I would say, you know, there's a lot of variants in there. Uh, D six wounds plus one wound. So, you know, you're talking at most what nine wounds, right? Cause plus one for yeah. each remaining rank. So, I mean, if you roll a six, that's pretty incredible. If you roll a one and you do four wounds, eh, right. you know, um, obviously you're parking this as far away as possible. Um, in certain game modes, this is going to be a lot better than others. And it can see- shift before it's attack because it has a melee, uh, it has a ranged attack icon. So unlike the scorpion, this can actually shift two inches. Significant, yeah. So it's you could maybe try and like move up the board with that a little bit, or like shift out of range if necessary. What's tricky here is obviously once it gets in close combat, it's going to get nuked, right? And then right. It, it, there's certain units that it can't target at all, right? So let's just say you're playing the Wham list, and I can get a wolf you know, behind your lines and engage with this guy, I mean, it, they're going to have a tough time, right? Right. Um, so that's one thing I would say is a little tricky, but... But how amazing know. is this going to be against people? I mean, right off the bat, I think of uh, Brett Lanfear, who likes to run, like, low activation elite lists. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. all right. Like, um, you know, so you have arguably people that are very skilled at getting the most out of a few core units... Now you can be like, well, all right. Like you only took four units. Right. Sure. Well, think about cavalry. You know what I mean? Like then there's only two ranks. So you're doing at most eight wounds, but eight wounds. Jeez Louise. You're, I mean, you're really taking out a lot of, a lot of horsies. (laughs) Right. And if you're super concerned about, you know, so I think the big thing right off the bat is, you know, what happens when you miss, you know, it's a three plus to hit. If you, you only get six rounds. You can only attack once per round, so that's going to really stink. When you roll a one or two, it's going to hurt. And so it might be overkill. I know Awful Yarwick has Mighty Enhancement, so that's when a friendly unit attacks before the attack dice are rolled. The attack gains critical blow. You don't have to worry about that. And you may re-roll any attack dice. You could blow your tactics card just trying to make sure that you're not going to miss your hits. Yeah, I mean, that's... really worth it then, though. That's a lot of resources. Right. Uh, well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, three plus. I mean, so you're going to miss a third of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how devastating that. Uh, I mean, the thing is, this thing yeah. could also turn one. You know, a lot of units are doing next to nothing on turn one. They're just getting in position. This guy's actually theoretically putting out a huge amount of damage as soon as the game starts, which is right. So, here, and the great long. thing is, like, you know, so a lot of times people want to spam the tactic zone. First action, first turn, I got the envelope. Give me all the tactics cards, right? Yep. But now it's like, oh, or you can charge your flayed men up into long range of my unit so that, you know, I don't shoot them. And now, right. you know, just by that threat, now I can maybe get control of the tactic zone how I want it or, you know, find some way to then, I mean, to force you out of position a little bit. Right. I mean, it'll be interesting because, like, you'll always have a target as long as you're not engaged in close combat. But if you right. do get engaged in close combat, it's like, damn, that's that'll be a bummer for yeah, sure. But at least this one can attack back. Compared to the scorpion, I know. mean, you're like, what am I going to do in close combat? And it's like, I'm more worried. I'm going to get into like close combat finally with like a unit of raiders. They're going to punch me back and do like a wound. And I'm going to roll like, you know, snake eyes on my morale and be like, oh, I guess my raiders are gone. 
I mean, that's possible, but I, I got to <laughs> say like that. I know, hypothetical, right? Right. I, even then, like that's, yeah, these guys rolling three dice out of four plus, they're really not going to do a whole lot there. I think Awful is is probably a good choice if you're kind of going with that style. But I mean, how many of these would you put in a list? Like, could you put two? Well, that's half that's, your that's army. crazy though, right? So it really depends on, I haven't really done any list building for this yet. We do have Carl Black, who is our Night's Watch writer for A Song of Ice and Fire, cc.com. He's going to be putting out an article on, on ways to use the Builder Stone Thrower. I personally haven't put together any lists, but is it possible that you could take 20 points of this war machine, so two of them, put them on opposite deployment zones, and just use them to really weaken enemy units? Like, if you know they're going to run Flademan, like, God, a unit Flademan taking two hits? Yeah. You know, so 2d6 plus one, or if anything's left, 2d6 wounds? Like, that's... That's insane. Let's um, just think about it like this, right? So let's say you're going to fire. Let's say you have two, you're trying to eliminate a unit of Flademen, right? And yeah. we'll just do a strictly average roll. So let's say you have two turns with both of them firing at them. So you would, let's say you're going to hit three of those times. You're going to miss one. Right. Just roughly. So then three of those times and you're going to roll a D6, right? So let's say on average, you're going to roll like a three and a half, right? So times mm -hmm. three. That would be 10 and a half wounds. So you wouldn't even eliminate the unit. Well, plus plus the one, right? So it'd be probably like, well, like what, 12 wounds, give or but take? Do you, do you have to eliminate the unit, though? I'm just thinking, so for Alpha yeah, Yara... For 20 points, I, I think you do. I think. Well, but, no, but for Alpha Yara, I mean, so I guess, yeah, it's all dependent on, like, the list. I know we're talking in a vacuum here, but right. Alpha Yarrick says that has his commander, his ability is when he claims a tactic zone... You can go through your tactics deck or discard pile and uh, take a card from there and add it to your hand. So yeah. you could keep fishing out that mighty enhancement. But then if you have units, if you're just wounding other units, I mean, the builder crossbowman being able to shoot if they're targeted by a charge and then, uh, you know, get that free shot before the enemy gets into combat. I mean, if you just weaken units enough that when they charge and they take, you know, seven crossbow hits, you're you're finishing them off like you know if you have a bunch of units at half strength trying to get to you you know maybe that's okay i think i mean it could be the, the trick is there it's like that's that's one unit that you're shooting at with your whole army right what yeah, is I guess everything right. else that they have doing and like yeah. all of their other stuff is going to like start getting on points and you will have you reholding no ground at all so i guess no what doubt. i'm wondering is really in a two list format could you just um use this as a way to discourage your opponent from actually taking their like low activation elite lists. Like I wonder if we could build a good enough stone thrower list that it was like when someone sits down with their like, you know, four unit elite army, they're like, Oh wait, instead of deploying this one, I want to take my B list because mm. I don't want to play it into stone throwers. And like, you don't even play this. Like this is just your fake out list. It's um, just like the hey, I could do this if I right. Had to. And if, if you're gonna run that Flademan like list, like or maybe I keep using Flademan, maybe Flademan actually are fast enough not to worry about this. But if you're gonna take your, you know, your Kingsguard or your your certain units that are gonna be more expensive, super elite, low activation, then you know you're gonna get punished. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I the, the, it's it's I think it's a really cool unit. I think it's something that's bringing something different to the to the game. Um. I think Do you it's, think it's game breaking? No. Are you no. like I know some people are like this is it? This is they've 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 jumped the shark like too powerful. Can't 
there's there's whole units that it can't attack at all. And right. Then there's there's in fact, anything that with that's close itself. enough. <laughs> in a yeah. mirror match, you could hypothetically end up with like a stone thrower versus stone thrower list where they're the only thing left and they're just like i'm gonna get you in melee i'm coming can you march two inches or can you only move forward the one uh that is a good question i guess so it would be uh, you could, you would char you could charge you just want to shift then shoot and shift oh we need a shift valid target and you don't have a yeah you'd have to be marching two inch two inches you'd never make Every it anywhere turn. close to each other <laughs> just slowly fail Six. charges over and over again like you run because then you, no, can you, can't, you gotta be in range this, oh god oh, that's right that's right so maybe maybe okay yeah there's some weird situations that can come up <laughs> that's when you just like try to like knock their pieces on off the table and then is that <laughs> oh it secrets the secrets revealed <laughs> that's, the, that's the optional way to do is it. that the run out the clock where it's like how much more time do we have okay i'm just gonna keep running my stone thrower away Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I see these probably back. deploying like with their their base of their trade to the back of your mat anyway. Like you're going to be as far back in your deployment zone as you can. Yeah, you just want to be like in a corner, basically, like looking in, and then you basically cover the whole map. But now, when it's like fire and blood, and people just like uh, nominate a commander and they just like castle in one corner. Mm. Oh, actually, oof, that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be the opposite. I'm going to be facing Night's Watch, and they're just going to castle in a corner now with this yeah to them Darn i mean it. it's gonna be especially interesting in like clash of kings that's the one where you get to redeploy right right yeah i mean that's gonna be well, that'll rough be, that'll be wonky yeah i mean because then like you'll wipe <laughs> out a unit that'll redeploy right behind this thing and be like well it's dead oh son of a gun yeah maybe not we're not recommending it for that game mode. no no yeah that one's i mean that's tough to play anyway but that's just really bad but this is also cool, like centerpiece model where like you buy it, you paint it up cool, you do a cool scenic base, and you're like, everybody check this out. Yeah. Show I mean, war machines are always jobs. awesome, and right now the you know the the Night's Watch are the only ones who got them. I know. Where it's is that? We want sweet. some. We want some war machine bases for the other factions. I don't know what what might they be. And I feel like the Baratheons would have siege weapons because don't they? Aren't they kind of a siege yeah? Heavy? So maybe some trebuchets or something or. Um, yeah. The Lannisters. I mean, the only thing I wonder is like, is everyone going to get like the basic sort of thing, like catapults, the scorpion bolt throwers? Like, these are kind of like sort of generic medieval fantasy weapons. Yeah. You know, how many? What else do we got here? And uh, Lannisters yeah. could have those uh, those crossbows that only work when the story dictates. That oh, too soon, too soon. <laughs> no, if they're mounted it's, to it's a like boat, a they're just insane. But if they're yeah. on your castle wall, it doesn't. I'm sorry, it's totally pointless. It's like. Hey, wasn't this like a sniper rifle one episode ago, but now it, nobody can hit anything with it? It's just okay. Gosh, I love, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still the, every once in a while, I go back and I'm like, ah, oh, man, that show was so good for a long time. And just really yeah. messed it up for me. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they're talking, they got prequel stuff in the work. Um, prequels, prequels are always a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Everybody right. loves but I have a high prequel. ground. <laughs> uh, there's so much in that yeah. universe to explore too i mean listen it's it's one of it's just an interesting world to inhabit i think right. they could do a lot i think where they have to be careful as if it's like this is daenerys's grandfather and then right. this the is cameo. why they this is why they named it this and this is when this like, person oh it's like i hate that stuff and that's how we named him danny or they named <laughs> yeah. her Danny, or like Han Solo, because he's solo. That was that. <laughs> sorry, sorry to time, but that, that was the worst scene. The stream, so we okay? Oh my god! When he was like, <laughs> my name's just Han. You're like, just Han. You're by yourself. I guess you'll be Han. 
solo and then looks at the camera. He liked that though. Could have been like Han single or something. Uh, like, just call me solo though, please. On table for one. <laughs> that was just yeah. That, oh. I mean, that was a hard. That was a horrible movie, and I hope that they learn their <laughs> mistakes at HBO. Oh. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of but anyway siege weapons yeah or speaking of characters from movies or shows yes. uh, the Fen warriors are also coming out on the 18th i may have talked yeah. about these at length on this podcast i'm just so excited uh these guys are actually not what they're like in the show um and maybe you guys listened to a few episodes episodes ago i had brian on and he was like you know i might play the Fen. they're kind of monstrous characters right uh in the show they were uh, in the books, it's the opposite. They're like the most civilized of all the free folk. They've got nobilities right. and ranks and orders and all this stuff, bronze weapons. But this unit, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm so excited to have this unit. It's a six-point unit, movement speed of five, bronze weapons that hit in a four-plus at eight, five, three, four-plus armor, six-plus morale on a free folk unit. Pretty They've good. got an order taunt when an enemy within short range that is line of sight to this unit activates that enemy must make a morale test on a failure. It must declare a charge action against this unit if able. And then they have that'll, set that'll never that'll never happen. <laughs> yeah, and we also found out with cavalry. Apparently, they can make their free maneuver and just move themselves out of the line of sight of the unit and not have to worry about having to charge them. So this won't be great for pinning down cavalry. But the, that's okay. the short range has line of sight and they activate. Don't you activate right away? I mean, with yeah, so you I get think your free maneuver at that. Counts so as you activate and uh, you do your free maneuver and then you can declare your charge. Oh, so you still have to charge them. You just get uh, your free maneuver first is what you're saying. Um, yeah, I got to look at the wording on that again, but I thought, I think it was FAQ'd by, or it was, you know, a response, an official response that basically they can maneuver before they have to declare a charge and they can. Uh, who, who cares? Because they enemies don't get charged flank or rear bonuses. You know what? I'm gonna have to look at it. If you're, I'll try and post in the show, show notes the results for this. I might be confused on this one as well. <laughs> uh, I but I think know. they basically ended up saying, that, "Yeah, cavalry can kind of avoid this," which is a bummer. But that seems weird. But it's also like, it, how, but it's okay that, because set defense is the actual real ability. This should be the one that's at the top of the card. Enemies do not get charged flank or rear bonuses against this unit. That's amazing. It is. I mean, I, I would I will say the order taunt, like what's good about it is if you're kind of like surrounded or near a bunch of units, they kind of have to focus on these guys and they do have the ability to, you know, just basically ignore all those flank bonuses, right? Right. But the fact that it's like a morale test before it happens, it's like, eh, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that'll come up. But like every once in a while, you'll basically force a unit to charge these guys when they'd really rather charge something else. And I guess you could like try and build out lists that put out tokens or something like that. Yeah. Uh, panic tokens that will help you get this ability. But I don't think it's, this is not the ability to build your army strategy around. Right. Like at short one range. point, someone's going to be within short range and then, yeah. oh, then. Right. Yeah. That short range is also like, that's the other piece. Like, well, I mean, if I'm that close to these guys, it's probably because I'm already trying to fight with them. So, right. I, or I it's like those pyromancers are just going to throw stuff at me. Now they're just going to charge in and blow me up. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, I would um, rather I would rather have them charge because I don't think they have a chance of then hitting themselves. They do, they do, and they don't so get they... to reroll their attacks. So I don't know. So there you go. <laughs> but so it's a six point unit, and then their one point attachment, the Chosen of Stire, puts out a weakened token on enemies within long range every time the unit activates, which is just Good. also phenomenal for any list, even if you don't have Then in it. Having your opponents charge you with a weakened token is going to make a big difference for free folk. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to getting these most on great axes and units like that, um, that just molts through entire units at a time. Right. Right. Well, that's fine. I mean, I get it. It's just going to be another great unit to, to add in. No, I mean, I, I think it's something the free folk could use something a little bit more sturdy. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's different from the, uh, the followers of bone, for example, the bone Lords chosen. Yeah, all of those. And that basically what ends up happening with that unit is such a great unit. It seems so cool. But um, any unit that has any sort of mobility will just molts through it. Like Starks uh, can just most times can get the jump on them. Free folk units don't last. And so I feel like when I'm playing free folk, it's usually like, here's my army. You pick what you want to die first, and then I'm going to fight you. And any sort of elite unit just gets chewed through often. This unit will at least be able to take some of that damage. And it's more of like, I'm trying to get you to charge this unit. Right. I mean, what these guys are, though, is like, if we look at their stats, for the most part, they're pretty much Stark Sworn Swords, right? I mean, right. They've got like almost an identical stat line. I think what do they have, like slightly better morale? Uh, by one point? If no. Memory serves. It's exactly the same morale, six plus. Okay, well, there you go. So then, yeah, six plus morale, four plus armor, five. Yeah, it's eight, six, five. So the, actually, the Stark Swarmsters have a better attack profile, but what they don't have is they don't have the taunt ability and they don't have the set defense ability. Right. And they don't have access to those uh, dramatically undercosted uh, free folk attachments. Yes. So, like, you know, Starks are like, cool, we get, like, great John Umber, who's, like, 45 points. And right. he <laughs> does almost nothing. The the Fen Warriors have access to all kinds of cool stuff. 45 yeah. points, sir. <laughs> I mean, I just, I listen, I'm not, I'm doing this from memory, so I can't say. If I see how it is. I see how it is. You know, I don't have the, I don't have the war council app uh, up on my phone at the moment, but I think so, that that's accurate. I, I stand by what I said. And it's going to be cool. <laughs> then are going to be cool just to run with uh, Styre, the Magnar of Then in general. And I'm looking forward to trying the, the chosen of Styre, getting that weakened token out. This may be a waste of an ability, but uh, Styre's Vengeance is tactics card at a start of a turn, a friendly turn, target one friendly combat unit. If a friendly combat unit has been destroyed this round, remove one activation token from the targeted unit. If the targeted unit is within short range of Styre, the me melee attacks gain plus one to hit, and they roll plus two dice. So maybe even activating other units that have chosen a Styre to get another weakened token out on somebody before they smash face might be a cool strategy. Yeah, that's pretty or, cool. Or just use an ability, or use a unit that has another attachment that's going to you know maul somebody, get some cave dwellers hitting. I think that's going to be a great addition to the uh, the free folk. But let's actually, before we transition, there is some other big news we want to talk about. But before we do that, we actually have a quick update from Carl, the Peacekeeper. We're going to be adding a segment on every week where we talk a little about rules. So we're just going to have Carl talk to us quickly about a quick rules reminder for this week. Hey there, folks. It's Carl, the Peacekeeper, with another rules reminder. This week, we're looking at simultaneous effects, orders of operations, when a trigger event arrives, the following steps will take place in order. First, the active player declares all effects they want or must use. Next, the opponent then declares all of their effects. Next, the active player resolves their effects that they have declared in the order of their choice. And lastly, the opponent then resolves their effects they have declared. Fun fact, this means that if you are not the active player and attack with a weakened unit that also is awarded rerolls somehow, the weakened token is actually resolved first. An example being the Night's Watch Crossbowman unit with Othel Yarwick's Mighty Enhancement Tactic Card. 
This has been Carl the Peacekeeper, helping these rules reminders help you keep the peace. And that's our quick rules reminder from Carl the Peacekeeper. Just be reminded of some things that may have slipped your mind. In this case, talking about the order in which abilities are resolved. So thanks, Carl, for, for the quick shout out on that. Then I think we get to the real meat and potato here, Josh. Oh. When are the Baratheons coming out? Uh, I believe the answer is not today. We have no idea still. There's no official <laughs> release date. Yeah. What do we say to the Baratheon <laughs> release date? <laughs> yeah, not today. <laughs> not today. But we do know that PAX Unplugged, uh, December 6th through 8th, I think, um, they have advertised on their sign-up for the tickets. There are Targaryen versus Baratheon demos going on at that event. So we do know, you know, if Targaryens are going to be available even in a limited quantity, uh, I'm assuming Baratheons should already be in people's hands before then. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't make sense for them to kind of do like a double faction release. Exactly. So I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm really excited to get down there to PAX and play some games and test out those Targaryens. Do you remember what it was like when the Night's Watch came out while we were down there? People went crazy. I, I mean, yeah. I'd be super psyched to get a chance to, you know, play a, a, a demo game with both of those factions at the same time. Yeah. It'd be awesome. I mean, I wish Maybe. they were available for purchase right now, but. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, but it'll be exciting to get down there. I mean, Baratheons, I know you've been all about getting the Baratheons. Any thoughts that maybe Targaryens might pull you away at all? No, 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 no. No. Right, after, maybe pay- after the last season of Game of Thrones, I'm oh no, good. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I'll do Targaryens as my backup faction. Then I know Heather yeah. was not as enthusiastic about playing Night's Watch or even uh, the Starks. Mm-hmm. She's really waiting for Targaryen, so that can be that could be her faction. That's my excuse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think that'll be, uh, I mean, it's a cool army. And I used to play, when I used to play the card game, I played the, uh, a Targ deck quite a bit because I like the burn effect. But I think uh, the all cavalry, you know, having some some of those like Dothraki units and some um, uh, Unsullied, I mean, they have the possibility of being like a really interesting, diverse army. Right. I just, I can't wait to see their tactics deck, like their best yeah. tactics deck and what that looks like. If, there's got to be a card called Jakaras that like sets somebody on fire. It just Absolutely. Well, the other right. thing is, like, yeah, just looking at what they had, they had some stuff about Carl Drogo, and they Daenerys can make units better. I mean, mm-hmm. they hit so hard natively. Like, I can't imagine them having a tactics deck that's like, yes, roll more dice. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe it is, and they're just, they're just that good at alpha striking. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I think oh. what's going to be interesting, though, is that they don't, like, with the all-cavalry, it's it's very difficult for them to hold points, right, with contesting right. rules. So that's going to be the interesting balancing act for that for that army, at least until they start having, like, rank-and-file Unsullied come out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm super oh. excited. And hopefully, if yeah. you're down there at PAX, people, you'll see the two of us. Uh, we're going to go now a little crew trying to get some demo games in. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't decided. There's some tournaments going on. Um, I'm not sure. Last time we went down to PAX, I ended up getting sucked into playing Star Wars Legion and a Song of Ice and Fire tournaments the whole time. <laughs> and I like didn't see PAX. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a bit of a grind. You have to be careful like how much stuff you sign up for because I, I definitely also got drawn into like a few too many things. But like... Um, there's just so much to do there. So it's like, you know, like this, I, I really like enjoy the miniatures tournaments, but if you do like two, that's like basically like 10 hours of yeah. just that. 
Yeah. So the other thing that was announced that we well, wasn't announced actually, but we saw from the PAX Unplugged signup is that they have an unannounced event that Simon has not addressed yet called the National Championship Qualifier Tournament. So their oh. blurb is join us for the first 2020 National Championship Qualifier Tournament, the first one being at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. This expert level event will be for 16 players and feature exclusive prizing from the Kickstarter campaign. Armies will be 40 points and must follow the current, current tournament guidelines. Painted armies are not required, but are encouraged. All currently released retail factions are legal. The top four players will earn a seat at the national championships in 2020. Interesting. So it looks like they're going to be soon, I assume, announcing that they're going to have a national tournament uh, set for this game. That could be really cool. It's awesome that they're looking that far ahead. Uh, I think it's it could be really interesting. I mean, I wonder where the na- I mean the national championships are, that would be probably at the Simon Expo or the Kamon Expo, right? Yeah, I, probably I makes guess, the most sense. Yeah, or gen- yeah, I guess it would be. Huh? Well, yeah, you know what? Good. That's the actual. That's the actual convention I could make. Maybe I don't know. I'm throwing like, do I want to go play? <laughs> do I not? There's only 16 people. Can I even get in? Um, I think you can definitely get in. You've got that know. kind of star power now, Chase. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, who the heck? You're like, do you um, know who I am? I'll just help okay. you put your miniatures on the table. Can I just help with that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like and also, team. 16 players. Like, um, you know, we don't have a super competitive scene up here. You know, we can drive up to Mass. Um, I know we've got Mythico Studio in New Jersey, just to the south of us. Maybe I got to start driving out there more. But um, yeah. First of all, you have an extremely competitive scene because you get to play with me most of the time. Yeah, there we go. That's always helpful too. I'm so good at this game. <laughs> we don't also have uh we have like a, a zero, there are zero neutral players in any of the places I play. Uh right. as well there should be. <laughs> zero. So not that I'm not that not. I'm predicting, not that I'm predicting that like neutral is going to be the faction to beat, but um yeah. But I don't know. And then it's like, you know, then am I going to be sitting there for, and it's so much fun, but it is also like a huge chunk of time. Is it better just to do free play? And maybe we bring some camera stuff down and we try and interview the people that are playing or film some of the, the, the national championship matches. Like, I don't know. Something for us to think about. I think that could be a really fun thing to do. I, yeah. I'm still debating on like what, what would be more entertaining would be like kind of just, you know, hanging around the tournament, checking in on people. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, or, the other or, thing is we could we could just wait, and when it's the the the, the finals, like the top two players, um, maybe we could set up a webcam and we could do some commentary or something. I don't know. That would be awesome. I think that could be extremely cool. Hmm. So something for us to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but anyhow, that's going to be coming soon enough. Um, and then yeah, it's this is our fiftieth episode, which is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I probably have been. This is probably my twenty fifth episode because I've oh, <laughs> what? I've missed a lot lately. That's all but, right though. Uh, you got you know, life life comes up, life changes, and you know, that's still cool. We'll get we'll get yeah. some more time to play hopefully in the future when uh, when things settle down. No, yeah. Well, hopefully, um, you know, if I can move a little closer to work and that makes it a little less arduous. It's just that uh, the hour and a half both ways to work has been uh, that's been tough to like you know record during the week, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 50, 50 episodes is a big deal. So, and we've been expanding a lot. So we have, I think, six writers for us now for Song of Ice and Fire, cc.com. Um, yeah. We've got people writing as faction specialists. So if people have been seeing the new content coming out, we did a, basically the first set of articles are just 
intro to that faction starter set, whether it's the Lannister versus Stark starter set or each individual faction army. Mm-hmm. And then every week uh, or every on a bi-weekly rotation, that faction will release an article going through buying guides and then individual lists and commander tactics. So um, although your faction, if you play one faction, you might only see an article every other week. Uh, it means that for the six factions, there's something coming out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday continuously. So that's been really cool. And shout out to, I don't know if you remember, do you remember Colin? And I'll say it like this, even though he doesn't say it this way. It's Colin with a K. He was at PAX Unplugged last year. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. So he's now actually helping me edit the articles, which is it's amazing because it, it, it takes a lot of time to do some of the stuff we're doing here. And uh, that's taken a huge load off my shoulders that he can take more of that burden. So we've got a, we've got a good group coming, put, putting together content to put out on the, on the website. Yano, I know people have been talking about, you know, what's going on with the tracker. We're actually messing around the tracker, the uh, tournament tracker, and uh, trying to break it. I think we did break it recently, but it, we're, we're trying to fix things and, and make it better. And so that's like getting further along, um, you know, without, you know, I, I guess I get in trouble sometimes trying to spoil like things that take a lot longer to do than I thought they would take. But we've got some other really cool things coming up. And yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a, a big, a big year. I think so, for sure. But, you know, and there, there were some ups and downs. Uh, Terry LaTorca, we, we never were able to get back on after recording the hour and a half episode back on like episode like 20 or something. And then it no. getting deleted. <laughs> but we'll, we'll try and maybe get her again this year. And I don't know, maybe some other, some other big people we were trying to reach out to. Jim Ludwig would be great from Dark Sword Miniatures. We can get in touch with him. I don't know. That's crazy because Terry, we recorded probably for like three hours that day. And then it was just like, well, oh, we lost yeah. Yeah, that was a wrap. Uh, but she's so nice. It's just a matter of like figuring out all of our schedules at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. So, true. you know, I think about a week ago, I was kind of in a spot where I was like, man, I don't know. Things are kind of slow for the game. I was feeling a little bit, a little bit bummed. Or it's like, when are the Baratheons coming out? I feel like we've been waiting for forever. And well, now they had that like mini release, right? Like they like some of them came out at what was that? Like Adepticon or Gen Con or whatever. Gen, uh, Gen Con, yeah. They sold out in like 30 Which seconds. Which seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. Well, it was. But, I mean, that was back in what, June? Uh, August? August? Early August. Early August. Yeah. Okay. That makes but, way more sense. You know, and, and I was hoping Baratheons would already be here. Um, they're obviously not coming on the 18th. Timon hasn't done any uh, you know, advertising for that yet. So I guess it's probably early, either late October, maybe early November. I, like, I don't know. I'm just making up what i would like it to be now <laughs> i don't want to get <laughs> quoted i heard on the on the table gaming podcast it's coming out but uh, some more information about that would help but knowing that like targaryens are going to be playable in the first week of december to me it's like okay so i know the baratheons have to be out sooner than that like it gives me like a definitive timeline yeah and we'll think about like i mean when the when the night's watch came out like they were purchasable they were yeah. like demoing them well, so and here's the at the thing yeah right? And we couldn't get any. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we did yeah. sell out like right away. We, so, we this year, we got to get a plan, man. We have to get a set of Targaryens. Uh, I want to get, get some battle reports up, and I think it'd be great to do some Targaryen battle reports. I've got the whole camera set up now. We've been there testing out like overlays with health markings and, and other things. And so now it's just actually, you know, making this really work. And Targaryens would be a great one to do. I think so. I think people will be pumped about that. All right. Any other, uh, any other big topics for us to discuss? You gonna watch the Mandalorian? Oh, I thought we're crossing streams here to another. Um, that's so. Here's the thing. I I would have to what get Disney Plus. Yeah. 
<sighs> I don't know. I, was, like I really take you to watch, right? I, I really, really, really do want to watch it. God, I, I really do want to see it. I don't know. What did you think about that trailer? I think it looks kind of cool. I mean, I, somebody got cut in half by a door in a Disney movie. You're like, what? Or in a Disney series. What? I think they know. I, I think they've kind of learned their lesson a little bit of like where their bread is buttered. You know what I mean? And it's yes. Like, they don't need another like, you know, Sunday morning cartoon style Star Wars thing. So I think, I think it could be really awesome. Um, now, we did an off the table podcast episodes when Game of Thrones was going on. You know, on, on the table gaming, we do all sorts of game coverage. It just so happens that we, only cover a song of ice and fire the miniatures game right now uh i wonder if we could do an off the table gaming episodes in between our regular podcast episodes for the mandalorian talking about some oh, of the yeah because uh <laughs> what, we, could, we could pretend it has to do with star wars legion or something i'm sure those miniatures will be in the game at some point oh my god but, i mean legion legion seems like it's doing pretty well too i mean it's, it's uh, doing great. they had some weird hiccups with their i mean you know it's so funny having like two different communities um and i'm more of like an observer you know in the other community but um both of their products kind of got delayed and messed up with gen con um a lot of people wanted to get sets at gen con but couldn't but uh the one thing that was different was at gen con for clone wars they did one box per person and so some people were like i was there with my wife and we both got one that that felt a little Uh, bit different than when people were like i bought 12 because i could and you know, maybe there's a nod to come on games being like, yeah, maybe in the future, like that might work out better doing it that way. Probably a good idea. I, I, I yeah, because th- that stuff, that stuff just drives you crazy when people buy it out just because you know they're going to turn around and sell it. Right. There was like a big controversial thing in the magic community recently. Same thing where it was like this one deck that they like, well, not deck, but like the series of brawl decks where they like dramatically underprinted it and put some like valuable cards in there. So then so basically everybody bought out all the stock immediately and then started price gouging like you know so that they were selling them for like triple the cost which is just so stupid uh yeah i, I really hope that doesn't happen with targaryens um yeah. i i'm gonna see you i'm gonna <clears throat> do the best i can this time where it packs to get us a copy but uh i hope people aren't just like stockpiling uh, targaryens just gotta wield just gotta wield your celebrity chase you just gotta yeah, say I, you say celebrity you i don't think it's celebrity i but so I, I demand as Chase from On the Table Gaming. I don't think that's going to work that way. <laughs> my, although my favorite thing last year um, was we were, we were uh, walking around on the on the actual floor of the event. Um, and it was like, I think it was you, Brian. I think this year we'll have a kind of a slightly bigger crew when we're going around there. But I bumped into Jerry Holkins, uh, oh, yeah. who is like, you know, from Penny Arcade. And I'm like, wait, we're at PAX. You're the Penny Arcade dude. Like, right. oh my gosh, let's talk. Um, so basically, you know, I got connections with what I'm saying. I did talk to somebody for like <laughs> four minutes. We're basically best friends. Jerry, if you're listening out there, it's your boy. Uh, so see you, see you this upcoming year. Um, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that interview Who knows? on the YouTube channel, right? But yeah. So, and also, you know, I know Come On Games um, has a new uh, community manager person uh the guy we talked to last year is no longer with the company and so we're gonna i'm looking forward to make some new connections at this event and uh you know i hope they're hope things are going well for them and and that we keep seeing more song of ice and fire stuff but it seems like there's a lot of stuff that's come out in the last year for a game that's still you know i mean it's it's like a little over a year old now at this point i think they're still obviously putting a lot of effort into it so i think uh yeah and i think what stinks though is that like they had those early distribution problems 
with Asmodee when they kind of transferred over and there's a delay in stock. Europe was not getting what they wanted and, and things just weren't, you know, as accessible as people wanted. And then, and then they fix all those stuff. And then there's like other delays that didn't just affect their company, but other companies. Yeah. But it was like, you know, this was supposed to be when everything got smoothed out. And then it's like, oh, by the way, like these other things are going to be delayed. And that's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating for us as players, but I think it's also, it must be really frustrating for the company when they're like, we have this plan and it just got smashed. Well, I mean, logistics being what they are, it's like that is a, it's not easy to like produce something in China, have it shipped all the way here and make sure that everything lands on exactly a set schedule. That's kind of it's a lot, a lot right. that goes into making that successful. So that's right. Yeah. But it's also you hard know. because, you know, we can't have someone from Come On Games come on here and be like, here is the exact date this will be available because things are fluid and constantly changing and they're trying to get it here as fast as they can. That's, I mean, that's everyone, right? I mean, FFG had the same problem too. I mean, remember X-Wing was like, I mean, we'll tell you the week it's coming out, but otherwise you kind of, they would give you a quarter and sometimes the quarter wasn't right. You know what I mean? They were like, well, it's Q3. That's when the next wave's coming out. And then it's like, yeah, but Q3 is a three month span. So, (laughs) and then like the day before it comes out, it's like, that's what I'm so excited to Targaryens though on that list for for the let's plays because I mean they were saying uh, and this isn't like you know I don't know if I should be saying this but it's not like an official quoted time but they were like yeah it could be uh, you know January it could be quarter one 2020 could be end of the year and they kept using this like interchangeable interchangeably and now it's like wait December 6th and January I know it's only a month but like that's that's a that's a big difference for me at least um, you know having to wait till after the holiday season. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. So, but all right. Well, until next time, thanks everyone for listening. If you can do me a favor, hop on over to um, our Facebook page or YouTube and like, and subscribe. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table.